Welcome to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson. I'm a verified TikTok creator and professional makeup artist based in Dallas, Texas. After gaining over 800,000 TikTok followers in just six months, I became obsessed with helping aspiring creators and entrepreneurs unlock their full potential on the fastest growing app in the world. If you're looking to find your niche, increase your income, and build your influence with short form video content, then you are in the right place. My goal for this podcast is to inspire and empower you with actionable tips and insight from top TikTok creators so that you can master the For You page and build your brand on TikTok and beyond. There's no better time to start than right now. Let's dive into this week's episode of TikTok Radio. Hey guys, welcome back to TikTok Radio. I have a very special guest with us today. I have Therapy Jeff. You guys have probably seen him on your For You page giving you the advice that you didn't know you needed. Uh, and sometimes I feel like he's reading my brain. So welcome. Uh, I'm super excited to hear about your journey. So can you tell our viewers a little bit about you and how you got started? Yeah, sure. I'm really happy to be here and to talk to you. Um, I feel like a lot. I get invited on a lot of podcasts, but it's always about relationship stuff um, or therapy, mental health related, which I love. I'm into it, but I don't get to talk about like how I created my platform, which I think, I don't know, I think is pretty interesting and I think could be like really helpful to folks that are wanting to create something similar. So I'll tell you about all the tips and tricks, but I am... My name is Jeff Gunther. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I live in Portland, Oregon. I've been a therapist for almost 20 years now, so for a while. Um, I mainly see adults, like individuals and couples for couples counseling. Um, and I've been doing this therapy thing for a while, but I've been, I'm pretty well known in the Portland mental health community. So like having a voice, speaking up, like, causing like a little like ruckus or something like that's something that I'm used to doing and I've also been like I used to blog every week but specifically for therapists um so it's sort of like me trying to help therapists like attract clients or create a you know start their private practice or market themselves um and while I was blogging for years, I learned how to kind of like write a really hooky subject line. Um, also, which was like really helpful yes. for the newsletter that I was sending out. So that like related like so well to like creating TikToks, which I'd love to talk about just sort of like those first, like that first sentence that you create. Yes. Um, but I started watching, I started like getting into TikTok and watching all the videos a little before the pandemic hit. Um, where it's sort of like such an amazing app that can like suck you in and it has this algorithm that can like read you so, so well. Yes. Uh, so you learn a lot about yourself just by like learning about how TikTok learns about you, you know, it sort of it's like so reflects weird. this. Yeah, it's weird. It's spooky. It's amazing. I have mixed feelings about it. Um <laughs> But while I was watching it and then I became sort of like bored during the pandemic, I was like, I know how to do this. I bet I could create a TikTok channel about mental health because mental health is trending as it should be. And I was like, I bet I can create a really big platform. And I did it. I'm not like one of those people who's just like, I had no idea that I was going to blow up. I was like, I'm going to blow up. I, I love it. it. Okay. Yes. Because we get a lot of guests on here. Like initially when I started the podcast, 
I was starting out as a creator and I was like, I want to talk to people because it seems like people are just becoming celebrities overnight, essentially. So mm-hmm. I think you're going to be, this is going to be amazing because I love nerding out about marketing and it sounds like you had like the perfect storm of like experience and um, a niche that's relevant. And there's like so much I want to unpack from that. Okay. So the first thing you talked about, um, you already had like a history in creation to an extent um, as a blogger. Really interesting that you were marketing yourself to other therapists. I talk about people that are like career-based um, creators. So you were creating content for people in your career to help mm-hmm. them, which actually positions you as an expert uh, mm-hmm. in your field to begin with. Mm-hmm. So amazing. And then you kind of took that expertise and the experience there and applied it to TikTok. And I love you that you mentioned the hooks because that was something I wanted to ask you about your videos. They're just, they suck you right in. You know exactly what you're going to get. And it makes sense that you had the experience from blog writing because now that I think Mm -hmm. about it, they're similar. Oh my God. So similar. Um, And I also, the way that I like structure my TikToks is very similar to how I structured my blogs. Where it's just like, here's five things, here's 10 things you can do, here's seven simple things in order to like connect with a client. Like it was just sort of like, here's just sort of like a listicle of something mm-hmm. that's like really easy to understand. And my, my, I'm like, I'm not that great of a writer. I have like bad reading comprehension skills. So I naturally, whenever I like write anything or talk about something, I'm just going to be like as concise and uh, make it as like digestible as I possibly can. And so that's mm-hmm. when like the, when the TikTok platform like came along and started blowing up, I was like, oh, this was made for me. I know how to make 60 second videos that can like pull people in and give them what they're looking for in like really plain language that anybody can yes. understand. And I was able to perfect that through my blogging and newsletter and subject lines and stuff like that. It's like the perfect storm too, because with, TikTok, like the algorithm is also really recommendation based too. So when you create something that's really valuable education wise, people Mm -hmm. share it. And in that sense, like when you're creating the value of like tidbits from therapy that not everyone even has access to and people are sharing it to their friends, like it really does create virality. So what was kind of like your first experience having a video go viral? (laughs) Uh, Well, when I first created my TikTok account, you can see if you scroll all the way back to a year ago, the first three videos that I created, I was just like, I'm just going to be kind of like silly and funny and make like little like humorous skits about therapy. Um, and I thought it was really funny. And a lot of people did not. Uh, <laughs> like They just like they watched the videos, maybe got like 5000 views or something, which is not horrible for like the first three videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I, I might as well give the people what they want. Like, I know that they're looking for like really sort of like straightforward advice about like how to be with a therapist or what you can ask your therapist or relationship advice or something. So on the fourth video I made, I sort of it was something like, here's five questions to ask your therapist that you had no idea that you can ask. And one of those was very deliberately placed was like, you can ask your therapist for what your diagnosis is and like what your diagnosis is and what, like, do you have ADHD? Are you depressed, bipolar? Like, do you have a personality? Like everybody really wants to know what their diagnosis is, especially on TikTok. And so yes. I was like, you can, you can get this easily. Just ask your therapist. Now um, I want to ask my therapist that. Oh no. <laughs> so you can. Yeah. And we're sort of like, uh, 
like legally obligated to tell you. Like we like have to tell you how what we've diagnosed you with. We have to release our notes to you if you ask for all the notes that we keep on you. Like you actually own those notes. And a lot of people don't know this. And so it's just like, hey, here's a little secret. Yeah. I'm not saying that you should. It's actually like (laughs) a really weird experience to like read all the notes that your therapist is keeping on you. And your therapist will probably be like, that's not a good idea and have really good reasons (laughs) as to why they don't want to. But uh, I was like, oh, this is so fucking hooky. Oh, can I say? Yeah. Can I cuss? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. Um, And so that was like really deliberately placed in the top five things that you should ask your therapist. And that video got like, I don't know. 100,000 or so, 150,000 views. And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep on creating content like this. I know how to do it. Yeah. That's like, Mm -hmm. I'm glad you said that because uh, one thing that I've heard a lot of creators talk about is like intentionally placing controversial things because Mm -hmm. it creates a conversation in the comments and people are sharing it and fighting Mm -hmm. in the comments or, you know, it's something shocking that Mm -hmm. they learn from or whatever. So yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense that that was kind of your first experience having a video overperform because that's like, that's true. Like people want to fight in the comments or the the comments like push people to keep watching it over and over, right? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because like when you create a video, you're you're looking for engagement, right? Like that's the number one thing, whether it's a like or a comment or a share or a save, the more engagement you get, the more likely your video is going to go viral and show up on for you pages. And so you have to like, I am being, I'm really deliberate about how I want people to comment. And typically it's the way I want them to comment. Like I'll go ahead and say something controversial. I'll get, I'll get people to like fight in the comments, but that's not typically how I go about it. Typically it's like, I'm going to say something that feels really validating like, I'm mm. going to see into your soul so that you can yes. comment on this video and be like, you see me, I get you. And I'm not doing it just for the comments, although right. partly I am. I'm also doing it like in a really genuine way of like, yeah. I get you and I can empathize. And maybe nobody else is like empathized with you about this very specific thing. And if you feel seen, then it's likely like a higher chance that you're going to go into that comment section and be like, and just say thank you. That's all. Um, And if you go through all my comments, most of them now are just like, yes, um, I get you get me. Uh, Nobody else understands me the way you do. Like, it's just sort of like me going ahead and like understanding what somebody is going through, validating their emotional experience gets them to come in and create dialogue in the comment section. Yes, I love Mm -hmm. that. I remember like a couple of weeks ago, one of my friends sent one of your videos in our group chat. And she was like, is therapy Jeff in our group chat? Because it was like so (laughs) relevant to what we were talking about and like multiple people were experiencing. So I agree the like validation aspect of it, like that causes people to share and be like, oh my gosh, this is me. This is what I'm going through. Like I relate Mm -hmm. to this. Like it almost gives people a, a way to like explain it like in a more concise way too. Exactly. I'm just giving words to your feeling that might be like complicated for you to like understand and express. And that's basically like 90% of therapy is my clients come in, they're feeling a feeling. I like validate it, understand. I maybe do like a little analyzing of like, oh, that maybe this is why you're feeling that way. But I'm just like putting words to the complicated feeling that you're having. Another one of like the type of video that works really well that gets people to engage more is blaming your shit on your parents 
<laughs> so if I can be like, you are a little, you, you know, you feel like you're a people pleaser because you didn't get like the attention that you deserve from your parents. And if you are somebody who's just like always trying to please everybody because you didn't, because that's what you like learned how to do with your parents. And all of a sudden it clicks and you're like, oh, that's right. And then you like hop into the comment section, not only to like, uh, talk about how you feel seen, but you want to see other people that also feel that way. So it's like, you're like jumping into this community that I've created in this one little video of other people that are experiencing the same thing that you're experiencing. So it's not only me that sees you, but it's everybody else that sees you. And it's just like this mini, uh, little like therapy session that's happening within the comment section. I love it. Yeah. A lot of people like childhood trauma is a a big conversation yeah. right now. I feel like in mental health, especially because like the previous generations did not prioritize mental health as much or even discussing totally. your feelings or having emotional relationships. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's a super relevant conversation that's even happening online. Um, so you started making these videos, they started doing well. I'm curious how you decide what videos you're making. Is it like based on relevant conversations is it based on like what you're seeing with your clients or just over the years what you've seen has been like the most relatable topics it's changed um over time so it's been almost exactly a year that i start that i did this um that i started it and at first it was just like as a therapist of almost 20 years seeing hundreds of clients thousands of sessions like i have some one-liners as a therapist that I like repeat over and over again. One of those is like, are you needy or are you just not getting your needs met sort of thing? Like, yes. you know, and that's sort of like, <laughs> right. Cause oftentimes you feel like, Oh, we're too sensitive. We're too much. We're asking for so much, but really it's just like, you're not with a partner that can actually like step up and meet your emotional needs. Mm -hmm. And I talked and I like mostly focused on in my own therapy practice, working with people that are really anxious or insecure in relationship. So I had just like a bunch of one-liners and I'm just like, I'm just going to try them out on the public on like all the TikTokers to see if they get it, to see if it resonates with them. And most of the time it really did. And I think the first video, one of my videos, maybe like the first 10 or so, like one of the videos went, got over like a million views. And it was that line of like, are you needy or are you not getting your needs met? Because I think I can so... remember that one. Yeah, <laughs> I've used that a handful of times, too, because it just like it really hits um, again and not like this. I'm talking about this in like a very like strategic way, yeah. but I also want to like if you see my content, I think that you can understand like how genuine I'm being. And I think that's part of the reason that like I connect with a lot of people is because like I am very honest and genuine and I'm not just trying to get views. Um, yes. So first it was like my one liners and then it was just like all of the comments and messages that I was getting of like, talk more about this or what about that? Or you said this, what's the opposite of it? Or it just so like, then like the, the ideas started to just sort of like come to me through the comments. It also is like, it's what I'm going through personally too. So like I'm in relationships or I'm dating people or I mm -hmm. have like family drama. Like mm -hmm. if something that I'm going through is like something I'm thinking about a lot, then I'm going to make a, a video where it's almost like I'm talking to myself, like giving myself therapy, but you don't know mm -hmm. that because it feels like it's just for you. Um, 
So it, so personally, and also just sort of like in my romantic relationships, like that's going to be something that's really inspiring and also really weird for the person that I'm dating because like they are like inspiring some of my content. They're going to feel pretty fucking weird about that probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also, but like, um, I'm just always, I'm on TikTok a lot and I'm connected now to like a lot of the mental health influencers and content creators Mm. and I see what they're saying and really like it's all been said. It's basically all been said before, but I have a therapy Jeff twist on it. So if I see somebody make a, make something that like is going viral or I think is really smart or clever or interesting, I'm going to like, what do I think about that? Now I'm going to like talk about it in my own way. So I'm not going to like copy them or take their ideas, but I'm going to get inspired by something that people are doing. And that's how I can. No, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the um, sorry, I interrupt people because I have ADHD. So if I ever interrupt <laughs> you, okay. it's because my brain started talking before, or my mouth started talking before my brain. I get it. Caught up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I wanted to say that's a really great point about being inspired by other people's like content, especially like nothing's new, not everything's been done before. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people see that in on TikTok and think like, oh, well, there's no point in me creating content because it's already been done before. Uh, and I think I even fall into that with some of the content I create, like in DIY projects and whatnot. Like you can only do so many freaking DIY things. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you are the secret sauce. That's what my friend Jara says. Like you are what keeps people coming back to your content, like the twist you put onto it. So at what point I feel like you're like content has a comedy aspect to it a little bit like it's definitely serious Mm -hmm. like content but then it'll be like your friend you know is a pete davidson empathizer or whatever (laughs) like just funny like kind of little little one-liners that are thrown in like when did you kind of start integrating that or has it always been there I mean, it's funny because I kind of go in and out of that. I wanted to do more of that, but I got some pushback of like, you're a therapist and this doesn't feel professional. And I, I mean, so I, I, so I sort of like leaned more into like, I'm just going to give like therapy advice and try not to put my personality into it. But the more I did that, the more bored I got with creating content. And so I was like, I need to put like a little bit more of me in there, which is sort of like cheeky, which is like sort of like messes with people or like inserts jokes at like inappropriate times. And I think is like kind of funny. Um, And when I started to do that, I did like lose some viewers, but I gained so many more because I was like, oh, this is like, this is his own brand of how he talks. And it's kind of funny and it's kind of silly and he doesn't take himself too seriously. And you have to do that sometimes if you talk about really serious stuff or else it's, it's, it's the same for like, if you're a therapist, if you're going to therapy and you're talking about heavy trauma every single fucking time, you don't want to show up after 10 sessions anymore. Like you need to have some therapy sessions that are light surface level, funny, creates levity. And so that's the same thing that I do with my content is that like, I'm going to try to create some levity kind of be like a little bit silly and also like, let the kids know, like I'm on trend. I get what's going on. Like I can make fun of all the people that you're making fun of. Um, So I think that's something that uh, I really enjoy and most people enjoy, but I continue to get comments and messages and I will forever 
about how that it feels kind of inappropriate and that people are going to like people, some people just like stop watching me because they don't like my vibe. And so you have to kind of like accept that, like the bigger you get, the more people won't like you and the more people will be critical of you. And oh my God, there's been hundreds more probably more like thousands of videos and stitches of me of like people that disagree with me or people that don't like me or people that are just fucking annoyed with me you know what Mm. I mean yeah I think that's like comes with the territory almost like it's like a catch-22 like you want to grow to get the visibility and to build your career but then you do have the negative side of things and we do end up on almost every interview on this podcast start we talk about mental health because as a creator it's a very specific industry you're almost like Mm -hmm. a lone ranger in the sense Mm -hmm. that you're not really creating in a community typically um and it's such a new industry that people don't always understand it so when you're like upset about getting 10 hate comments people are like well you got a million views and this and this and this like why aren't you happy with that but like those comments like are what is weighing on your brain so um I mean it's just interesting because everyone over and over we hear the same thing like it's you the bigger you get the more hate you're gonna get but it's just Mm -hmm. something you have to like get over eventually but it's so hard I mean you have to get over it or you can decide like this isn't for me you know right that's true it's important to sometimes like if I notice that people are being mean in the comment section or making like comments that are just kind of shitty, I will send in my like therapist friends to look through the comments and pick out the stuff that I should know and Mm. make it so that I never have to go into that comment section again, unless the video is somehow like really problematic and I didn't intend it to be, but the impact is then I might need to take it down or I might need to make a video that's commenting on that video or whatever clarifying Um, yeah clarifying it yeah but there's also like I used to go through every tag so anyone who like stitched or duetted me I would watch it I don't do that anymore I I I there's there's I don't blame too many but there's also like people that just talk about you know though there was one comment uh towards the beginning where somebody was like, look at this dude's eyebrows. He has like no eyebrows. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? And there was something about that, like that just hit me and I felt really horrible. And I looked at my eyebrows and I was like, my eyebrows really are thinning. What the hell is going on? (laughs) And I just, and so then I got like revital brow in order to like get like better, thicker eyebrows. (laughs) Cause like it was really messing with me and I couldn't stop thinking about. And so then I kept on making videos looking at my eyebrows. And if you look at my beginning videos, they are thinning out eyebrows and they progressively get better because of the revital brow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. This like hits me right in the heart. Cause I had to turn off the word. Like I had to block the word eyebrows in my comments because for some reason, like straight white males love to make fun of my eyebrows. I don't know what it is. It's just one of the things I know I'm going to get made fun of for. It's like my voice and my eyebrows. Like those are the two things. So me too. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like those same dudes are commenting on my fucking eyebrows and giving me a complex. And they probably (laughs) don't even have like, I don't know. It's just like, how can you sit there and make fun of my eyebrows? Like, bro, I know, I know. Like keyboard warriors over here. Yeah, no, it's just funny. I haven't heard anyone else say that they get made fun of for their eyebrows. So I feel very validated right now. Good. It's, That's what I'm trying it's, to um, do. Yeah, with the comment sections, I mean, we see it over and over with 
creators across any platform like yes it gets to a point where you're getting such volume you can't reply to everything or interact that much but it's also the influx of the negativity and it's like you never know when something's going to really strike a chord and you're like okay i can't look anymore mm-hmm. and you do have to like protect your mental health in that way oh 100 there was i don't know have you ever heard that podcast um what's it called it's uh it's uh, is this a cult or am yes. i in a cult or yes yeah. yes so i know what you're talking about yeah um where they talk about is like this all a the cult is this a cult yeah where they just talk about like all these different groups and yeah um, sounds like a cult that's sounds what it like is a right cult. you got yeah. it yeah yes exactly and they did one on instagram therapists and there's a very problematic instagram therapist that they did a whole that uh, that a whole episode on and she's just the worst and so it's just like yes somebody needs to expose this person who's like manipulating people and taking their right. money in the like towards the end of the episode they went to commercial and they came back and they played a clip of mine and it was just like a 60 second clip of like oh, anxious attachment oh, no. style wah, wah, wah. and then after it ended they were like yeah so this guy is super fucking annoying i just hate him and it was not about like me being a cult leader or trying to like influence people in a bad way it was just like we can't stand this person and it sucked because like i love sounds like a cult like it's one of my yeah. favorite oh, podcasts that- and and that hurt. That was the first time That's where I was icky. just like, yeah, it felt really icky. It felt like they were being mean. I don't know. Like, and if you think I'm annoying, like, whatever. People think I'm annoying. Yeah. But if you're going to announce this on your, like, very large podcast and you're the demographic that I'm, like, aiming at to, like, resonate with and you say this, I was just like, I don't want to do this. Like, that felt like it hurt too much. So I messaged them the next day. The sounds like a cult host. And I was like, you're hey. like, hi, would you like a therapy session? Because you're being really mean. <laughs> Clearly, you need one. No, and I was just like, hey, <laughs> I just want to let you know, I'm a really big fan. Love your podcast. I'll continue to listen to it. I am therapy, Jeff. And that really hurt. And um, I felt like that came out of nowhere. I'm not, I don't think I'm problematic. And you just wanted to like talk about how annoying I was. And I want you to give me feedback if you're up for it to tell me like, what do you think is annoying about me? Because I don't want you to think I'm annoying. If it's my voice or my face, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. But if it's the way that I'm like talking about things, then that might be something I need to take a look at and change. And they messaged me back in like an hour, like right away. And they were just like, we are so sorry. We shouldn't have said that. So many people think that we're annoying and you're not actually annoying. You're doing like really good, important work we apologize. So like, there was this sort of thing of like, I just showed them like the humanity part of me, like I'm a human and my feelings got hurt. Mm. And I'm a fan of yours. And they were like, Ooh, this doesn't feel good. And we apologize for for putting that in there. So I'm glad they apologized at least. They did apologize. They're still lovely and they make like really good content. Um, But it's but it's it's that sort of stuff where like people talk shit about you on like big platforms and then all of a sudden you feel really horrible and embarrassed yeah I I feel like I've run into stuff like that where it's like anonymous accounts it's not even I mean it's Mm. 10 times worse when it's someone you like actually follow and like I can't say that that's happened to me but I feel like I get comments where people will make jokes about me having an eating disorder and I'm like yeah actually I did have an eating disorder for five years like what do you want to know about it like Mm-hmm. it's like just the why but then as yeah. soon as I make a video responding to it or leave a comment they're like oh my god I'm so sorry like blah 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 blah. but it's like I just don't understand 
feeling the need to even say stuff like that. Like, I can't relate. Like, I, it's so interesting to me, the culture of it. Like, just say whatever you want. Yeah. It's fine. It's, they're just trolls. They're just haters. And they're just trying to kind of, like, get a reaction from me sometimes. Or they're trying to, they think that they're interesting by making these, like, controversial takes i don't know or a lot of times now for me it's like smaller creators that are trying to like punch up and try to be mm, like this is yes. what's wrong with therapy jeff and okay you're trying to like use my hopefully you get a ton of views but i'm not going i used to engage with those videos be like actually you got it wrong yada 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 and it doesn't like right. it's so pointless that's what they want to do that exactly i'm falling right into their trap so now i ignore it and I don't worry about it. And I am used to it. Like you're saying, like, this is something that you have to get used to. Although it's it's bizarre. And this is not, it's really hard to cope with it sometimes. Yeah, it's interesting because I came from like a dance career. So it mm. was always, you know, being criticized. And then I was like, let me get back into another career where you're constantly yeah. being criticized. Yeah. So just a little bit different uh, mm -hmm. and more anonymous now. Um, mm -hmm. One thing I wanted to ask you about, because you came from a more like, uh, what's the word, like legacy type of content creation with blogging and writing. What was the transition like going from writing to video content? Did you like know anything about that? And how did you kind of jump in? Okay, well, so, and maybe this is not how it, like, it, it, I want it to look like when I make a video, I'm just sort of like sitting down for 60 seconds and like blabbing whatever I think. And it's just sort of like stream of consciousness. Right. It is not whatsoever. I was like going to ask you about that. Yeah. One 60 second video takes between an hour and a half to two hours to create because there's really? like many steps that I go through. And one of those things is writing a script. Every mm -hmm. single thing I say is scripted. So I, I did I did do a lot of like writing and blogging and I still do a lot of writing. All of this is just writing to me. Um, I mean, that's how it originates. Like the script is right. just like a written out script. It's usually like a lot longer than 60 seconds, maybe like a two minutes. And then I like make it even more concise. So it's more punchy. And I just sort of like get the fluff out of there that maybe like somebody will just sort of like tune out or scroll away because it's mm -hmm. just like not really. Yes. So I want it to be like every sentence is important. Every um, like second. Every second. Yeah. is yeah. incredibly important, especially those first two seconds. Um, so it feels like it was kind of like this natural thing that I fell into because I'm still writing. So I write the script. I edit that script. I sometimes I, I throw that script away because I was like, no, this is garbage. Or I like keep it because I think it's good information and it'll probably resonate with you. And then I go ahead and sit down in front of my camera that's on a tripod. Um, that's usually always like in like the perfect like lighting situation, or at least I try to. Um and then I go ahead and shoot the video and I take the script <laughs> and I put it on my iPad that's on an iPad stand right huh. behind my iPhone and I put it on a teleprompter app. And then that teleprompter app is going just at like the perfect speed right above the phone. So right when like the line gets right above the phone of the camera that I'm looking at, that's when I'm reading it. So it looks like I'm looking directly into the camera, but I'm looking just above the camera for like the line that comes genius. up. So that teleprompter app is like, I got it timed perfectly. I'm just reading it right when it comes up, uh, right behind the phone. 
Um, and then I can also like see exactly how long it's going to be. The teleprompter will tell me how long the video is going to be. And it usually takes between five and 15 takes in order for me to get it right. And I talk really fast, which means that like I fumble over my words a lot. Um, so I have to do like a lot of takes in order to get it correct. And then I take that video. It's just shot in my camera app and I like edit it in my camera app a little bit so that it's like the length that I need it to be. And then I put it up on TikTok and Instagram and edit it there. Um, and then I have to like, uh, post it. But before I even do that, actually, like I go ahead and create the 60 second video. And then I create a 10 minute video of me just like vibing where I'm just like talking about okay. the 60 second video in whatever way I want to talk about it. So like, this is where it's coming from, or here's a personal story. And it's very unscripted. And I take that 10 minute video and I put it in Patreon. So I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So now, so what I'm essentially doing is that when I like post my videos, I, every video says, if you want to learn more about this, go to my Patreon. I'm running ads against my content. Like I'm the one that's creating the ads instead of doing yes. any sponsored content or selling products for somebody else. I'm selling my own product and I'm like putting, and so I'm going to put an ad for my Patreon. I'm going to put an ad for my podcast where I'm getting money. So like, it's a free, free TikTok 60 second video. Here's like some really good information. I hope that you like, and if you want anything extended, then you're going to have to go to my podcast where I get paid by the ads on the podcast, or you can pay just four bucks a month for my Patreon. So smart. I can tell you have a background in creation or in social media, because that's like the perfect formula, right? Like you're not selling for someone else. The end goal mm -hmm. for most creators or what the transition we see is that they start uh, doing ads, sponsored ads for other people. And then the end goal is to be doing ads for your own products because then you're mm -hmm. not having to sell your billboard space essentially to another um, brand. Mm -hmm. You're not having to water down your brand. Uh, so, yeah, I saw the Patreon and I was going to ask you kind of the like timeline of when you started doing that. So. You've been doing content for on TikTok for about a year now. Um, mm -hmm. At what point were you like, okay, let's monetize this through Patreon and your podcast? I mean, at first, it, I didn't have that idea. I thought that I was going to do sponsored content just like every other TikToker or most mm -hmm. of the TikTokers. But, and I was getting asked uh, multiple times every week to do some sort of sponsored content. And part of me was just like, I don't, I'm like this 90 kid, this 90s kid that feels like I can't sell out. And like growing up in the 90s, like if you sold out, you were just like the worst. I can't believe you did that. You're horrible. And so like making sponsored content felt like selling out, which is not kids. Like you should sell out, like go make that money. I will not judge you. But there's like something inside of me that was being really judgmental. So whenever somebody would reach out, like Hulu reached out and they're like, Hey, we're making this uh, documentary about machine gun Kelly. And we want you to like create a video about it. And I was like, okay, I mean, this is cool. Like maybe like I do have something to say about machine gun Kelly and Hulu and Hulu could pay me. But I was just like, ah, this still feels funky. So I'll only do it Hulu if you pay me $15,000. So I was just like being like, you have to pay me so much money if you actually want me to do that. And I all of them that. said no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's creators that charge that much. I will say like, 
I mean, you have two yes. million followers. I think on TikTok land, that's like, that's you know, it's not the I could biggest get, following. I could get that yeah. now. You could. I could probably, 100%. yeah. But they were asking me when I was at 300,000 or 500,000 okay. followers or the Biden campaign reached out to me and they're like, we want you to talk about this Build Back Better plan that we came up with and connect with the kids and I that was like, feels illegal it's i think political <laughs> advertising on social media is so weird okay continue um and i just kept on asking for more than i knew that they would pay and so it's like this is obviously isn't working out so instead i'm going to create a patreon because i knew that some so i'm like friends of friends with a podcaster um that podcast called you're wrong about her name is Sarah, and she has like I don't know thirty thousand subscribers on Patreon, mm-hmm. and and so she makes like hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And I was like, "That's how you fucking do it! Like this is, Insane. This is ridiculous." So then I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna start a Patreon." And I started that three months ago, um, and I only wanted to do it if it like felt like not too much more work. And so making like the 60 second video, that's a lot of work, but making like the 10 minute follow-up video where I'm just like bullshitting about whatever I want, that only takes 10 minutes. I do not script that at all. And I upload those videos twice a day. So there's a ton of content on Patreon every day. Now there's like many, many hours on Patreon. And because I have 2 million people and I get like 100,000 to a few million views every video, there's going to be like uh, some people that are going to convert. <laughs> so there's right. like over in the three months that I've done it, there's like 3,200 people or something that are in that are subscribed to my Patreon and I charge $4 a month, you know? So last month I made like a little over $12,000 in a month. This next mm-hmm. month I'll probably make more than like $15,000. And I'm just like, cool, this is it. That like, doesn't this sound is how too bad. It. It's not bad at all. And then I was also able to like, I was approached by this like podcast network that was like, we want to feature you on a podcast. And I was like, all right, I'll do that. And that podcast took off pretty well because I'm running ads against myself where I'm saying like, look at, check out my podcast in every single video. And so that's that the way shot to do it to the top of the charts. Yeah. Um, so that feels better because I'm not selling anyone else's product. I'm just selling like more access and content to me for $4 a month, which is like nothing, right? Yeah, that's like a negligible investment for most people. And I think as creators too, there are people that just enjoy our content that just want to contribute in a small way. Like that's That's not asking too much. It's no, no, I'm providing so much value that people are just like, you deserve some of my energy back and here's $4 worth, you know, like they're ready to like subscribe to you if you're creating like really interesting, good value. And some of the people that subscribe are only subscribing to me based on me being like an influencer. They're like not even that interested in the mental health content. They're more interested in getting to know who I am personally and I get mm. into like who I am personally in Patreon and not in TikTok mm. or Instagram. Yeah. So like now we have an even like closer relationship with me, you know? Yes. It's like the behind the scenes, like pulling back the curtain. Right. Uh, I like that you shared that the kind of process is the video drives the content for Patreon. That's very similar to like batching content that a lot of YouTubers mm-hmm. do where they'll take mm-hmm. a long form video, chop it up for TikToks 
um, mm -hmm. and then they're able to distribute it across platforms. But I mean, it takes it like one step further when you're able to like monetize the longer form mm -hmm. version because you could be putting it on YouTube, right? Like there's other things you could do with that content, but having a paywall creates like a lot of mm -hmm. value in itself because then people are like, oh, it's exclusive. It has like a, I don't know, mm -hmm. a, a special club feel. It does. And I, and the reason that I put it on Patreon and I don't put those videos on YouTube, like there, I did start to like post things to YouTube, but I was, I was writing out those scripts too. So those were like five or 10 minute videos that had scripts the whole time. And it didn't feel like I could just like shoot the shit and be myself. But in Patreon, it's just like, I can do whatever the hell I want here. It's not public. Right. It's only for the private people that just want like therapy Jeff's personality. So it feels a little bit more like liberating having it behind a paywall. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you were saying that like a lot of people will say like you putting your opinions into your therapy content on TikTok is like unprofessional, but then you're like, okay, well, if you want to be not professional version, not that it's not professional, but no, the you're less right. filtered no. version. Exactly. All of my opinions, strong opinions, go into Patreon. And that's what people are looking for uh, because they're just like, what does he really think about this? I'll tell you, but you got to pay. I Yeah, I love that approach. That's really smart. I haven't talked to anyone actually yet on the podcast that is using Patreon like that. I don't mm -hmm. actually know mm -hmm. if any of my guests have used Patreon like in a regular way. Um, okay, so tell me about your podcast. What's Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was I was going to say with I, I Patreon is tricky. Like, so I have, I don't know, almost 2.2 million followers. And of those 2.2 million followers, um, and also like the views that I get every month, I don't know, is like between like 100 and 150 million views every month. Yeah, it's really so, great engagement. Yeah, I get so many views. And of that, a teeny, teeny, tiny fraction of them, 3,000 or so, are paying $4 a month. So that conversion is very low. Like the only way I'm able to be successful on Patreon is because I have just a huge following. So I'm not sure if it works out really well unless you have millions of followers or unless you have like just incredibly gripping content for like a certain niche. Um, so that's why it's working out for me. I don't know. I'm sure there's like other ways Patreon can be successful, but the conversion rate is actually pretty low. When right when you ask somebody to like pull out their wallet and enter their credit card, even if it's just for four dollars, that's a really big ask. And then to ask them to stay and pay monthly, that's a whole other big ask, you know, uh, when yeah. they could just like continue getting my content for free uh, twice a day, every day, forever, you know. So it, it's yeah, it's kind of like a special person that's going to like subscribe to you. Um, but yeah. so then, so, but lots of opportunities have opened up to me. Um, and one of those opportunities was there was just like a whole bunch of like podcasts, well, a decent amount of like podcast networks that were reaching out to me and they're like, we just want to like have you, we want to like produce your podcast and we'll, you know, edit it and get ads and sponsors and stuff like that. And the person like the podcast network that reached out to me just happened to be connected with like one of my favorite reality stars, who's also a therapist or she just became a therapist. So I was like, I love her. I've been a really big fan of hers. Her name is Sarah Rice. She was on the MTV real world and challenge reality shows. Um, so we've only been, we only have like five episodes out so far. 
but because I'm like such a big deal on TikTok, there was a lot of people that have been listening and downloading it. So now we're going to get like, uh, we haven't yet like confirmed who the sponsors are yet. So I don't know exactly how much I'm going to make off of that podcast, but it's going to be a decent amount probably. That's incredible. Um, yeah. What kind of content is on the podcast? So you, you do the kind of more unfiltered therapy content on Patreon. How does mm-hmm. the podcast fit into the trifecta? The podcast. So the podcast is called This Changes Everything. And we just take like um, one topic, whether it's like how to create boundaries or red flags in a relationship or how to create a healing relationship. And because I have like a co-host who has, you know, we have a good rapport and a good back and forth. It just, it's so easy to have like a 45 minute to 60 minute conversation with somebody that you're just vibing off of. So we talk about the specific topic and then we also like self-disclose and talk about our own stuff and we like ask each other questions. So it's kind of just like Mm. two best friends talking about a mental health topic. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people enjoy it, but some people are just like, this feels too chummy. Like this feels too silly. Um, And it's like, well, then maybe this podcast isn't for you and that's okay. But I'm going for like a more like laid back sort of like fun vibe instead of something that's really serious, which, you know, yeah. it's my brand. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like that's how your therapy content on TikTok is too, because I mean, there's a lot of mental health creators, like you mentioned, and some of them are very like clinical feeling, like mm-hmm. even on YouTube too, it's like very mm-hmm. like, like clinical, like cold almost feeling. So I think mm-hmm. that is a big uh, draw to your content is because it does feel more like real like your therapist is a a real person yeah yeah you're not just regurgitating stuff from the dism is that what it's called the dsm close dsm whatever (laughs) acronyms letters i was really close i got i got four out of three that's impressive yeah (laughs) you could tell i'm on therapy talk okay so you mentioned boundaries um i'm interested because I know when I emailed you to reach out to you it was basically like the response was like I can't be your therapist how do you create boundaries on social media with people who want you to be their therapist oh my god that's like the the that's the message that I get the most hundreds of people thousands of people every month like asking me to be their therapist which is like it's so part of me is just like do you really think I can do this for you? Do you really think, like, don't you know how many people are asking me to be their therapist? I don't take any clients off of TikTok. Like, that right. was, like, a rule I made at the start. And it's also, like, you already have a weird impression of who I am. Like, this isn't actually who I am in therapy. Like, my clients that I see for therapy, they get a different version. They don't get therapy Jeff. They get Jeff Gunther, licensed professional counselor. I'm still fun. We still laugh. But it's very different vibe than what I'm doing. Um, So there's that. Um, So I I politely kind of, like, tell everybody that, like, uh, or not everybody, but, like, sometimes if somebody's, like, really badgering me, I'm like, oh, I don't accept clients uh, through TikTok. And I also have it in my disclaimer um, and in some like, right. other spots where like, this is, I'm, I'm a therapist, but I'm not your therapist. And here you should go to like therapyden.com, which is a therapist directory that I created. If you want to go find a therapist. Oh, cool. Did you create that when you were doing blogging? And so it's kind of carried over to now, or is exactly. that a newer thing? 
No, I created that like five or six years ago when I was blogging, helping therapists like market their private practice. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make you all a therapist directory. And I I did that. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're saying like you there's no way you can possibly have time to like take, you know, all these freaking clients from the Internet. Um, I mean, even like therapy. I feel like every therapist I know is always completely booked anyway. Like, it's like, if you need to get another appointment, it's like, you're going to have to wait two weeks because there's no openings. Oh, we're so busy. It's crazy. And it's good that like so many people are reaching out for therapy, but there's not enough therapists to see everybody. So no, yeah, it's, I think it does take like a special type of person too, though, because like, like you said, if you're just talking about super heavy topics all the time, it's just I like I feel bad for my therapist after I get off the phone with her. I'm like, I feel like she's she was like, whoa, that was a lot. Like, <laughs> I guess you just have to like it's kind of like being a nurse or something or a doctor. You just like have to. Oh, we're used pick to pick up and, and go to the next it, place. Exactly. And it's sort of, you know, uh when you like love like binging your favorite show it it kind of feels like that to me it's like i have a client come in like over and over and over like all these back-to-back clients it's just like i love these people you're telling me all the hot goss we're like talking about all like really important stuff you're being super vulnerable you're trying really hard to grow and i get to be an audience member that like has influence over your life in like a positive healthy way so it like really charges me up um, there are times where I feel like kind of emotionally depleted, but typically it's, it's a really fun experience. I really like that way of describing it because that makes sense. It actually jogged my memory. I feel like some of the first videos I saw from you were about like what your therapist really thinks of you. Was that a thing that you did? <laughs> I'm like, am I making that, that up? Was, no, okay. that was like some of my first viral hits. Yeah. Were, I mean, I followed and, you for a long time. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you're one of like the old therapy Jeff followers. I love it. Um, an OG. An OG. Yeah, that was that was kind of like the first thing that really launched me was like, I'm going to give you all a little sneak peek into like what really what 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 your therapist really thinks. And it's usually uh, about like, I'm just like such a gossip queen or like, I want to hear like all the dirty details, like spill that tea sort of thing, which is like really yes. how I feel but I'm not really able to like be that way. And like, as a professional therapist sometimes, cause it's like an emotional vulnerable thing. Sometimes I can, right? but sometimes I can't be. So it's like this fun little outlet to do that in TikTok. And one of my main things was like, if I'm going to like talk about, I wasn't talking about any client specifically, but it could be viewed that way. And I need to make sure that like, I'm not making, I'm not people, I'm not making people think that I'm like making fun of clients or that I'm putting Mm -hmm. clients down. Like clients are being brave and amazing and courageous going to like therapy. And I want them to all continue to be that way. Another thing that sort of like set me apart and made me go viral is that like, I started to like, so, um, I can't say, a, so I got like a cease and desist from a specific big therapy app and I'm not going to say what their name um, is and I don't I want know. you to say what I their name is I won't say it, either. but I know. Um, but I started like, that was me kind of like punching up and being like, hey, there's like some therapy apps out there that are not okay and very unethical and I'm going to expose them. And so I started doing that and that took me to like the next level after my like original viral hits. Mm. And so I kept on kind of like going into these areas of like poking at like big therapy that we don't like or like the like the injustice of it all or sometimes talking about like 
the most recent school shooting and how that messes you up. So like being a viewer of it and the trauma that we all go through as a nation. So I'm also kind of like talking about things that are like happening in the world that are on trend, whether it's capitalism or politics or tragedy, um, which is also something that like really kind of like keeps people coming back because they want to know what I think about like the latest mental health thing. You know what I mean? So are you going to give your take on um, Adam Levine cheating on his wife and it being exposed on TikTok? (laughs) Is that going to be Patreon content or is that going to (laughs) be... You know, there's so, I mean, I probably should there's there, but there's so many, like, there's so many things that I miss because there's just so much going on. So I have to kind of like pick and choose. And sometimes like if another mental health creator is doing it really well, I'm just like, that's all yours, babe. I'm not even going to try Like you're so good at it and everybody should watch your videos or something. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. So I, I pick and choose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's like, I feel like the thing everyone's talking about today on the internet, um, It's funny to see when things just like completely take over. Um, Okay, so you've mentioned like connecting with other mental health creators. Who are some of your favorite people to like follow in the mental health space? So if people like your content, who else will they like? Um, let's see the, the psych nurse, I think is what her username. She's, she went really hard against cerebral, which is a big therapy app that was really unethical and was like overdiagnosing yes. ADHD and just handing out meds willy nilly. Oh, I've seen mo- ads for make, them. Make money. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's a lot of therapy apps that are advertising on TikTok, And that is, and because I, um, commented on one of those therapy apps i think that's the main reason tiktok will not verify me like when it comes down to it i don't think tiktok is a huge fan of me but they like me enough that like they allow my shit to go viral um but there's like i've stepped on some like toes of some of their really big advertisers and i think Mm. they don't like that or i've made comments about like political things that i that they're just like "Eh, we'd rather therapy jeff not talk about the most recent school shooting or something um there's just like a a handful of things that i've done where tiktok is like not not super impressed Uh, but not so much that i'm getting shadow banned yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i'm like it's so interesting because i feel like i'm on the fence where i can like totally see how the tiktok makes people feel like that like that mm-hmm. they like personally are being like, nah, like this ain't it. But then at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like, I don't know how much they really pay attention. Exactly. You know? I don't know either. Like, yeah. It's it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm obviously being shadow banned instead of being like, I guess my content isn't good today. You know, like you want to blame it on something else hard. instead of yourself. And and the algorithm is so tricky. You can't really it's it's hard to really understand the algorithm yeah. and how it works every single day, even if you have like a general sense of it. Um but there's it's yeah, I've emailed I've like emailed TikTok back and forth maybe 30 times uh you, you can email them verification at tiktok.com and be like hey what's up can you verify me and every time like half the time they'll respond to me and they're they always respond with we love your content keep creating good content unfortunately you have violated the community guidelines and i'm like okay what? tell me exactly tell me what i did what did i do because i have not I, I like I promise you I have not violated these community guidelines and they're like unfortunately we can't be transparent with what you've done to violate the community guidelines but we hope that you continue to make really good content 
And that's all they tell me. So I have no idea. Like, but whatever. If I get verified or not, it doesn't really matter. Probably when it comes down to it. What are these? What are these faces you're making? This it's just so like I don't like that. Like I don't. Yeah. I mean, I have beef with like the way the communication works. I mean, okay. TikTok allows more communication than most platforms. Like Meta does not give a, right. a flying no, no anything about what you know you care about your verification. It, like to some extent, it's like TikTok verifies more people than it's like I'm verified on TikTok. I'm not a notable public figure. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then it's like people. It's it's just it's very inconsistent and. Mm-hmm. It's also really weird to me that they won't tell you what um, there's a whole issue with people and the um, uh, violations of community guidelines. Like that's a whole thing. Like so many people are talking about is like what, especially like with trolls too. like if you get on the wrong Mm -hmm. side of TikTok for whatever content you're making, then like it's the kind of like us or them thing. And then people attack your content and report it. And like a lot of political Mm -hmm. creators fall into that. And it's like how it doesn't seem like there's a human element to the community mm-hmm. guidelines. Like it's mm-hmm. it's very strange and inconsistent and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I would not have expected that from your content. I don't feel like it's controversial. Yeah, it, well, it can lean political sometimes and and that can get like flagged. And, and whenever I appeal um, something that like has gotten flagged and taken down. I always win that appeal. So when right, human but it doesn't eyes... take it away. Right, right, uh, and also if I like make content about sex, like sexual sex education, or like what if you have like different you know desires, or a high libido and a low yeah. libido, or like if I use the word, if I use any word to reference like the penis or something, like it's just sort of like, and if I I just want to talk about like what if you're a person with a penis that has performance anxiety. Here's like things that you can do about it. But I can't say if you're a person with a penis because that gets banned right away, even though it's sex right. education. So that shit needs to live on Patreon. And I can yeah. get really upset about that and try to be like, this isn't fair. I'm going to expose TikTok. But why? You know what? Fuck it. Like TikTok is like, I'll follow the rules as much as I can. And it's working for me. And I probably shouldn't get on the wrong side of TikTok since it's like, paying me and my life you know tiktok isn't paying me but they're like it's sending people to my patreon and podcast so i have to play nice to a certain degree it's like hard because on one hand it's like i think easy for us to like i don't know get worked up about it because it is really really frustrating like when stuff Mm -hmm. like that happens and there's nothing we can do about it which is the other frustrating part um Mm -hmm. it's just like yeah, I feel like that's your therapy self telling us to you can't control yeah, the, it, so you just have you can't to work with it. it. There's a there's a real element of uncertainty and unpredictability and what feels like is really unfair. And if you get wrapped up in that, you're probably going to end your TikTok career. And but if you want to like fight the good fight, I'll support you from the sidelines and I'll do what I can to like make positive change but if i go too far into that i'm not making money i'm not having a livelihood anymore i'm not you know so like yeah there's a, like there's a balance that you have to strike and yeah and that's for it'll, to decide so i always ask people what would you go back and do differently if you were going to start over today on tiktok slash social media i mean we didn't even get into instagram you have 
over 290,000 followers yeah. there, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, that's a whole that's thing. a whole nother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw this question in the, like, in the email that you sent me before the podcast and I was like, you know what? I think the answer is nothing. <laughs> I it's, think I, kind I actually of like, get that a lot. Oh, do you? Yeah. If I, if I were to make like changes, they'd be really small changes. Like, like I would have paid more attention to the lighting. I would have like found a better like camera placement. I would have like used a teleprompter earlier. I would have, um, made my videos shorter instead of like more towards three minutes at the beginning. Mm. But like, I couldn't figure that out until I did it. Like I had to just sort of like dive in and figure out what I was going to do and see what was working, what felt good to me and what felt good to my audience. And then eventually I was going to like land on something that resonated and that I enjoyed doing. Um, So I I actually wouldn't make too many changes except for maybe like little tiny, like producing changes with the videos Mm -hmm. here and there. But I'm really happy. Oh, I probably would have started Patreon a lot earlier, earlier. Like I probably should have started Patreon six months in instead of like 10 months in. Cause then I'd be like making more money. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't done this yet. And I, it's probably something I should do is like, I should probably get like somebody to answer my emails from or like a virtual assistant, Mm -hmm. um, that can kind of like wade through everything. Cause I think I miss a lot of stuff. And so it would be nice to have somebody to like do that for me. Um, but the part of the part of the problem is that like, I want to have like complete control over every single thing. So I don't want to like, I don't want to give anyone else control over that. Same. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I really wouldn't do too much different. I think I've done pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I'd say so. I mean, you have over 2 million followers in less or about a year, which is mm-hmm. incredible. And like Thanks. something that you don't really see on other platforms. Like TikTok right. really does give people that visibility. And um, mm-hmm. the other thing I always ask people is what advice would you give to people that want to be where you're at right now? Oh, um go to therapy realize <laughs> go to therapy go to therapy uh yeah I, <laughs> I i want to just sort of like gently discourage people from giving mental health advice if they're not a licensed professional mm. mental health provider although I'm not going to say that that's true for everybody. Like some people have like really good, like whether it's a coach or if you have like lived experience with trauma or the specific thing that you're going through, it is super helpful. I love it. I love you. You're being brave. It's amazing. But if someone wants to like give as much mental health advice and content as I give, you should probably have a degree or something Mm -hmm. in the field if you want to specifically create like mental health content but if you just want to like get out there and be a content creator and and create a big following um understand that this is this is my full-time job this is not a side gig this is something that i think about and plan about like i'm constantly going through the day coming up with ideas and engaging with the commenters and putting all of my energy into this. So it might seem like I'm just putting like two minutes of work into it every day. I'm not like, this is a really big deal. So understand that you're going to be making a huge sacrifice maybe, and that you're not going to be getting paid for a very long time until you create Mm -hmm. the platform that has enough followers. Yeah. I would be interested to see the like time versus, um, 
the like output or the income oh yeah like it's disparity small. for creators because i think people yeah. see like you know i said earlier you could get easily fifteen thousand dollars for a post like um mm -hmm. but like the time commitment of getting to the point where you can get paid that totally. per, they're like well you made fifteen thousand dollars on blah, 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 but it's like yeah. yeah but i'm working like 12 hour days technically like because you're it's mm -hmm. always there that's the thing with social mm -hmm. media it's like it's always right here so you're always on yeah mm -hmm. exactly it's a whole nother whirlwind well can you let our listeners know where they can find you online yeah yeah they can find therapy jeff on tiktok and instagram just search for therapy jeff you can also go to patreon and look up therapy jeff like i said just four dollars a month for so much so much content <laughs> the <laughs> inside day. scoop behind the scenes the inside scoop yeah all the spicy content i get to put on patreon and then this changes everything is my podcast there's like even more things that i'm working on and i can't wait to announce but um yeah you can just find me on instagram and tiktok that's where most of the people follow me yay okay well it has been a pleasure thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to share your insight mm -hmm. with our listeners um i'm excited for everyone to get to learn from you yeah this has been really fun thank you Thank you so much for pushing play today. That's it for this week's episode. Remember to subscribe and leave us a rating or review if you liked what you heard. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and TikTok and join our exclusive Facebook community group for more support and guidance as you grow. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson, and I'll see you next week for another episode of TikTok Radio.